Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oscars month on Oz Network. Well, it's not even a month, it's Oscars. Ten days. We can have. Oscars, third of a month, as we move into our fourth Oscars film of the month. Avatar, Women Talking, Top Gun, everything. <laughs> Fifth. Fifth. Oscars. Halfway through. Halfway through, as we go to Ireland. With the Banshees of Otto Sheeran. I, I'm not very good at um, doing the accent. The Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Um, <laughs> the little movie that, honestly, it's one of the ones that when it got nominated, I'd never heard of it. But uh, it's it's an interesting one. It's one of these ones that is just so simple. It's a very simple movie. But I'm saying this right now. It's a very enjoyable movie. My name is Ben, and I just don't like you no more. And my name is Colin, and I do not have impure thoughts about men. And how dare you say that about a man of the cloth? Also, I uh, have no fingers left, so it's hard for me to. Uh, <laughs> so I, I mean, this I, is the best movie ever made about dismemberment. I, I think I did explain to you that I, I tried telling Casey about this. Basically, like, oh, so there's like a man he chops his fingers off, and then a donkey eats the fingers. Like, I don't want to watch this movie. Uh, <laughs> like, it's actually really good. Um, I. Yeah, knew nothing about. I think for the most part, I what I've enjoyed about this year's Oscars and the fact that I haven't really done this in a couple of years is that I don't think I looked any of these movies up outside of the the big ones, and so I didn't even know what these were about. I didn't, you know, I seen, I saw a poster, I saw a screenshot or two. Um, I mean, I literally thought there would be women talking and women talking, and I was proved correct. <laughs> um, but I didn't know what a banshee was or an Inshiram was. Um, so I had no clue. I knew Colin Farrell was in this movie, so I'm like, oh, okay. I've discovered that the woman in this movie is from Better Call Saul, which I didn't know until you pointed that out. So cool. But it's just interesting and fun. Like, it's just, it's a captivating movie because you're just so drawn into these personal relationships. And just even literally the way this starts, it's just literally like, doesn't like me. You guys are arwing. <laughs> um, it's just, it's just enjoyable. It's, and it's, it is one of these years where it's kind of like, obviously, we're all like, Brendan Fraser, Brendan Fraser, Brendan Fraser, and props to Brendan Fraser, by the way. <laughs> But, like, this is another one where it's kind of like Colin Farrell's so good in this movie. I just, I'm sad that he, you know, I mean, he might win. I might jinx this right now. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I just, sorry, breaking news. An evening with President Obama in Australia. Oh, I might have to Just an that. evening? Yeah, just an evening. I know. I want more with you, President Obama. Sorry. Uh, distracted by his beautiful smile. But I it's love not this. Joe Biden. Go! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. President Obama's cooler than that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh, love this movie. I think it was really good. Yeah, um, this is what I've been sitting on for about two months because I, I pretty much knew right away this would be nominated for Best Picture. I mean, even before I saw it, I think right around the end of last year, this was considered one of the front runners. I mean, I'd say even everything, everywhere, all at once, all the hype around that and it, it being a potential winner has sort of come 
since the end of the year. So end of December, this was looking like it was probably going to be the winner for best picture. Uh, and I almost did see it. I mean, we we're just talking off air. Uh, it was um, uh, the week during Christmas and New Year's uh, that uh, had all these extra days off. And I wanted to go see The Whale. And uh, it originally wasn't playing. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'll go see Banshees of Inisherin instead. And then I ended up getting to see The Whale because it opened here. And then I came home that day and saw the Banshees of Inisherin was just added on to Disney Plus here in Canada. So I watched it and have been waiting for two months to talk about this because I think this is a movie that I, I heard about it around the time it was coming out, like late fall. And I knew it was the guy who made three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which we both loved. And I figured, oh yeah, this looks like a, this should be a good movie. And then I started reading up what it was about. And I'm like, well, that kind of sounds kind of boring. Like <laughs> two, two old friends on a small Irish island don't get along. I'm like, all right, oh, can't wait for this one. And then I saw it, I'm like, it, it is so bizarrely good and twisted. <laughs> and, and like you said, simple, but it's 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 just quirky enough to really entertain you while not being so quirky that it rubs you the wrong way if you know what i mean because like this was became such a trend years ago these really quirky comedies and this is just sort of like oddly funny and not necessarily even funny there's another movie that i can't wait for us to talk about which is like oddly funny we're like i don't know if i want to laugh but it's actually kind of making me laugh it's kind of giving me the chuckles yeah it's you're right like it's just one of these films where it's just you know, like, it's so simple. It is literally two friends don't like each other. Well, one person wakes up and is like, I don't like you anymore. And it's like, okay, this is what The happens. other one's, why don't you want to be my friend? Please be my friend. Uh, this is the Oz Network basically every second week. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's like, it's literally that simple. And it's, I mean, there's what, like six people in this movie? Like, it's a very small cast. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about that with The Whale, that it's simple. This could be a play. So many of these movies could just be well, plays. The, the writer and director, Martin McDonough, I mean, he did three billboards, but um, he started out writing theater. And uh, Colin Farrell and um, Brendan Gleeson, who played the two not-so-friends in this movie, this was sort of their reunion from uh, the first movie he made called In Bruges, which is a movie I've been mm. wanting to see for like 15 years since it came out and just never got around to seeing. But yeah, I mean, you have a playwright who's like, I want to get into movies now. And he's sort of taking... I guess the types of stories you would normally tell, but figuring out how do I expand this in a movie, really showcase the environment, you know, do things you won't necessarily get as much enjoyment out of on stage, like dismemberment and donkeys. <laughs> it's, but it's like, it's, but it's just little things like that. Well, like you said, like, it's kind of like a quirky, funny, like it kind of, the humor hits you kind of straight away. This is a movie that sometimes is a bit hard to understand. Like I kind of was, you know, tempted to put the subtitles on just because the Irish accents are, th <laughs> are so thick in this movie. But like, I think the simplicity of this movie, it's like, you know, you go into um, or Quine of the Western Front, you know, it's a war movie, right? So, like, I mean, I'll be honest with you, at the time, I didn't know if it was World War One or World War Two, And I'm like, when they, I'm like, oh, okay, they're not Nazis, so it's World the, the War The trenches I. didn't give it away? They had trenches in World War Two still, didn't they? Um, <laughs> but, but they didn't have, they weren't Nazis. So these are the Germans we can sort of follow. I'm like, okay, well, that's not too bad. We can sort of root for the Germans in this one. Um, but, like, this one, it's sort of like, at, literally at the beginning, I'm thinking, like, oh, this is just modern-day Ireland, but then we realise it's, what, like, the late 20s or whatever it is. So kind of like even things like that where, and it's not a disrespect to Ireland, but Ireland's sort of a country where you've got sort of these islands uh, where people sort of live a very simplistic lifestyle where you might be confused yeah. to think if they're living still back in those times versus modern day. But even things like that, it's sort of, they don't go out of the way. It's like there's a bit of talk about war in this movie, but even then it's kind of just like a passing comment. It's just, it's a simplistic character movie 
these people don't like each other. He's got a relationship with his sister. There's a weird guy on the island. That let's be honest, I am the Brendan Gleeson uh, of this movie. I'm uh, well, not even Brendan Gleeson. Sorry, Barry. How do you say? You're Barry Keg. Yeah. yeah, thank you. I'm him. That's the Joker. Me. Yeah, the Joker. Um, and then yeah, it's just it's so simple. You you feel for a donkey. Like you really mm-hmm. like. There's a a donkey scene in it which just gets you sad uh it's it reminded me of castaway we're like why am i getting oh, upset well at, why am i getting upset about this donkey like it's, it shouldn't be you know because i can't is just like a simple person you know they kind of talk about him being dumb which i would say he's dumb i just think he's just a simple nice guy basic, basic yeah. yeah and then it's just Ah, like, I mean, it's just like... It's very James Pickering. Yeah, very... <laughs> no, Alan Flockhart. Come on, he was Irish. It's very Alan Flockhart. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I, I mean, this is a weird thing. Like, I feel there's not a whole lot to talk about this film, but it's just... And it's beautiful, the location. I actually was talking about yeah. this at work the other day. And uh, so Irish Ed Sheeran is not a real place, <laughs> um, but it was filmed, uh, I think, in Galway sort of area. So I think, I mean, I only learned about Galway. Thanks, Ed Sheeran, for telling me about Galway and Galway Girls. But um, sadly, not a real place. But it reminded me, like, when you first saw Luke's Island in the sequels, how, oh, yeah. wow, that's in Ireland. I want to go there. And I've always wanted to go to Ireland. It's, it's, not, it's a place that's always sort of been on a place I'd love to go to. I've got Irish heritage, so, of course, I'd love to go there. But this is just gorgeous. I want to go mm-hmm. to this place and hang out with Colin Farrell and Blendon Gleeson and Siobhan. Blending Blendon Gleeson. Blendon Gleeson. And I was going to call her <laughs> Siobhan Condon, but Kerry Condon. Um, Condon, Ben. Um, and, and the whole ground, the donkey. I want the donkey. Poor donkey. I'm banging my microphone. I'm that excited. <laughs> Let's be honest. You are not the Brendan Gleeson or the Barry Keg of this movie. You are the Barry Keg's dad of this movie. Um, <laughs> people can watch the movie and figure out why. But, hey, uh... <laughs> I don't hit Colin Farrell. <laughs> uh, you, you know, this is, um, it, it, there's no similarities between the movies, but I, I know I mentioned this before that I love when you can kind of flip casting around where you have two leads and it's unexpected and, for me, the one of the best examples of that ever was uh, Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World. And I, I had read uh, at least one of the books before that movie came out, and I could not for the life of me picture Russell Crowe in the what ended up being Russell Crowe's role in that movie, and I could not picture Paul Bettany in the Paul Bettany role. I'm like, this seems like they've got it backwards. Like, Paul Bettany should be the commanding captain, and Russell Crowe should be the kind of the, the quiet, thoughtful, uh, intelligent guy. And then I saw the movie. I'm like, well, it, it kind of works because these guys are challenged to play the opposite types. And it's very similar here with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Like you expect Colin Farrell to be the jerk who's, you know, want to cut off his fingers and uh, everything. And you expect Brendan Gleeson to be kind of like the sympathetic, simple guy. And them flipping that casting around is sort of why I think both of the guys stand out so much, particularly Colin Farrell. Because, I mean, Colin Farrell has this reputation, you know, in, in real life and in movies. And Having you don't really ever expect... Penis. <laughs> That's it. Yes. It's him, Ben Affleck, and well, that's it. That's just it. <laughs> uh, but you never really would expect Colin Farrell to be the nice, simple guy in a movie. Uh, and that's why I think his performance is so impressive because he's playing something he's never really played before. There's no edge to him whatsoever, except for maybe a couple of the final scenes where he gets a bit of an edge. Um, and he's so likable in this movie. And I, I mean, I'm yeah. a huge Colin Farrell fan, uh, even during many of those years where Colin Farrell was kind of, uh, I guess, lower points of his career where it's like, oh, everybody remember Colin Farrell? Like, I always would check out his movies. Like, oh, who doesn't like Colin Farrell? And apparently a lot of people didn't like Colin Farrell, but like, he's back now. Uh, and then Brendan Gleeson's one of these guys that, you know, he 
he's been in so many massive movies and I don't know whether he's ever gotten like a lot of attention for his performances before. And I'm so glad that, you know, this movie's come up for him, even if it's late in this career, you know, he's got his Oscar nomination here. I'm glad also they split this up because you could have done both of these guys for best actor, but instead they're like, well, let's give it to Colin Farrell for best actor. Cause arguably what it comes down to is he talks more in this movie. Brendan Gleeson spends a lot of the movie giving people the cold shoulder <laughs> and Colin Farrell does all the talking. And now that we have that, we basically have four actors, all four of the leads nominated in this movie. And you don't have to have Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson battling with each other. Sadly, I don't think either guy is going to end up winning, but uh, it, it's just, it's amazing that you have a cast this small and every actor has gotten recognized and every actor kind of deserves to get recognized. I was, yeah, I was going to say, is this the only one where you've got like four nominated, but everything everywhere all at once yeah. has four. Um, and what the whale's got two, the Fablemans has two. Why didn't Paul Dano get nominated no, for the you know, Fablemans? When we get to the Fablemans, I'm going to have a lot of complaints. I love Judd Hirsch, but like, yeah, like you nominated like, Judd Hirsch for one scene? Like, and I like literally, like, yeah, I, I didn't realize he's in one scene. And I'm like, yeah. Paul Dano? Like, Paul oh. Dano? Even the, the. Paul Dano could have been nominated for two movies this year. Should have been nominated for two movies. Even the, the young kid in the Fablemans oh, yeah. was good. But anyway, that's, that's tomorrow. Um,. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting, I think, too, with... I, I was mentioning just off-air about... I was reading, a, a, I think it was a Deadline article. We've talked a lot about how this is very close and sort of at the time of recording this now, we've had the SAG Awards um, and sort of, you know, a lot of these... It's still been a bit open and Colin Farrell got a bit of love in a couple of the awards. So they're basically saying the best actor, you know, it's Brendan Fraser's to lose... But, you know, obviously Austin Butler's done pretty well. And the other one they're saying is Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell's done all right in some of the awards too. So the deadline article I read, it's like, while Brendan Fraser is still the front runner, it's like it's a lot closer than it was six months ago. So don't be surprised if Austin Butler or Colin Farrell win it. And, I mean, now that I've seen all of the performances by the three people that I have seen these movies for, I still haven't seen After Sun or Living, um... I mean, I would rank them in order of Brendan Fraser, Austin Butler, Colin Farrell. But, I mean, again, I would be riding on the streets if Brendan Fraser doesn't win, but I think after about a month or so, I'd probably maybe slightly get over it. Like, this wouldn't be Natalie Portman losing to Kate Blanchett. This wouldn't be Eddie Murphy losing to um, What's-His-Face or Glenn Close losing to What's-Her-Face. Like, I, I wouldn't hate them for the rest of my lives. I don't hate the guy who Eddie Murphy lost, so I like him. But um, <laughs> the point is... Who did Eddie Murphy lose to? Oh, Little Miss Sunshine. Um, old guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alan Arkin. Alan, I knew it was I an mean, Alan. For the record, I mean, I hate Natalie Portman for beating Kate Blanchett, and I don't even like. But you don't like Natalie Portman in general, so um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I, I would be fine with Colin Farrell winning this deep down because you know, again, who doesn't like Colin Farrell as you were saying? And like he, because what the Penguin? I mean, God, I still can't believe that's him. Could have got nominated for that, to be honest. Like, I mean, that was such. I mean, the a makeup. Let's be honest; it got nominated for makeup, and that is for him. Yeah, it's just that's such. I still cannot believe that is him in that movie. Um, but I think like. Yeah, I mean, I was actually surprised that Barry Cohen got nominated because, I mean, not to take away from his performance, but like when I was sort of looking, like, because I'd sort of paid attention to the nominations and I'm sort of like, oh, obviously I know Colin. I'm like, surely uh, this woman got nominated. She's pretty good. And I'm surely uh, Brendan Gleeson got nominated. He's pretty good. And then when I saw that uh, Barry got nominated, I'm like, oh, okay, like, he's fine. Um, you know, but like, I think that's just a thing about this movie. Everybody's just so good the way they work off each other. Even, even the cop guy, like, he's pretty good. Yeah. 
for what the characters were. The donkey. Where's the donkey's nomination? <laughs> where's best animal in the Oscars? Like the donkey shines in this film. Where's the fingers nomination? <laughs> yeah. Best performance by a finger since uh, Vesper in Casino Royale. <laughs> yeah. um, that's because that's you haven't seen what I do with my little finger. He just whips out. <laughs> Whoa, shit, Jesus, you weren't kidding. Where is that? I threw it at a donkey. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's so funny because, like, I I didn't have any quotes memorized from two months ago. But as far as the screenplay goes for this movie, like, I feel like this is one of the best years for both screenplay categories. Because I was just scrolling through all the quotes from this movie. I'm like, man, every line in this movie is so good. <laughs> you know, like, the dialogue's just incredible. And like you said, the story is very simple. I mean, we should mention a little bit Carrie Condon because uh, I think it was when I watched this movie um i may i may mention it to you uh like when we recorded a 24 episode like a year or a year after that <laughs> technically it was a year after that because i watched this at the end of 2022 but uh that like you know can you believe that like did, or i was asking did you know that like this woman who played uh mike's daughter-in-law on better call Saul is going to get an oscar nomination and we've had no oscar nominations for how many actors from that tv show or even the breaking bad universe yeah but like the it, it's totally deserved in this movie Somehow she finds a way to steal scenes away from. I'm not saying that I necessarily think she's better than Colin Farrell or Brendan Gleeson in this movie, but for the size of role she has, the fact that she could be in scenes with both of these guys and steal it away. And I'm not knocking her on Better Call Saul in any way, but like, where was this woman on Better Call Saul? She's got to yeah. be one of the more bland characters on that show, and it's sort of by design. But like, I want to see her in more. Like, let's make her a star. Mm. Actually, I mean, now that you mentioned, I think I do remember you mentioning that, oh, she'll be nominated for an Oscar and maybe just black that out. But yeah, you're right. But like, I think it's kind of that point where an actor's got to act like you can have a performance like this that you weren't expecting. I mean, again, like Brendan Fraser is obviously a little bit more front and center in the world. But I mean, did we ever think watching Dudley do right that he's going to be, you know, <laughs> potentially an Oscar winner? You know, you don't. Yeah. You don't think that. Um, but yeah, she's fantastic. And I think the thing I like about her storyline is that I mean, it's again, it's sort of one of these things where it's subtle. They don't really, like, you think this is Colin Farrell's wife at the beginning or girlfriend or something like yeah. that. You, you don't realize until a little bit in that it's his sister. And then even sort of with her storyline, she, I mean, disappears kind of really halfway through. Like, her storyline just kind of ends. But, you know, while she's not in the whole movie, like a Judd Hirsch, um, like, I think I spent the whole time in the family's going, well, Judd Hirsch is clearly going to show up again because he got nominated for an Oscar. I'm like, the credits roll. Nope. What? <laughs> Um, again, that's tomorrow. But um, yeah, no, she's she's really good. And again, it's it's not one of these things where it's like if I picture it hard enough, you can kind of see like yeah, this is the same woman. Clearly, they look they are the same person, so they're going to look the same. But they do enough where it's not so blatantly obvious. Like if freaking Bob Odenkirk was in a wig, you're going to be like, well, that's Bob Odenkirk mm -hmm. in a wig. Whereas like this woman, you're like, oh, okay, yep, fair enough. And obviously, she's got like an American accent and better call soul and. I mean, I don't know if she's actually Irish and she puts on the American accent or she's American and she puts on the Irish accent. Um, but either way, she does both. She is Irish. She is Irish. Well, there you go. She's amazing at doing both. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's, again, another a stacked field, in the best supporting actress that I'd be very happy for any of them to win, I think, um, just based on I've seen all the movies now. Uh, and I yeah. think they're all really good. I mean, clearly I'm Team Angela, but... Um, yeah, she's losing some momentum at the moment, basically, sadly, Angela. So, again, because Carrie Condon won the BAFTA. So, yeah. her name's in the ring as well. Yeah, and I'm, I might even be pulling for Carrie Condon at this point out of all the people. And I love everything, everywhere, all at once. But, uh, I mean, there is somebody who got snubbed of a nomination we're going to talk about in a few days oh, as well. Oh, yeah. But, uh, I, and I she, can't wait to get and there. This, did you read the interview with her that she, like, cried about it? And she was really, oh, I was like, oh. 
I was so yeah, sad. Well, I, I hope we're talking about the same I'm assuming person. We're talking, we're, I'm assuming we're talking about the same person. Triangle Sadness Woman, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Rob. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Toilet lady. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this movie, it, there are, you see movies like this and it's all about the performances. And then once you have a couple months pass by and you're like, okay, good performances, but what do I remember about the movie? I think for me, the fact that it's been two months since I've seen this movie is why it's going to rank, you know, quite well, I guess, on my overall list. Um, is it's because I remember everything about the movie, not just the performances. I remember y- you really get sucked into this this drama between these two guys. You feel bad for Colin Farrell, but then as weird as it is, there's times, not the entire movie, there's times where you actually kind of see Brendan Gleeson's point of view and you realize, especially that he's the older guy here, and you're like, well, is this all I'm going to have done with my life? Like, he's like, I got to get some stuff done now. You can actually empathize with both guys in a weird way, but... There are scenes in this movie, particularly the Colin Farrell, uh, I, I think in the bar scene where uh, he grows grows balls for a change, I think is the, something like that is the way that they phrase it in what the movie. What balls they are with that giant penis. <laughs> balls are hidden. That thing blocks them. But uh, yeah, like that scene, it, it, it really just, it surprises you because you get so used to even in a movie like this, this is the guy he's playing and you expect, you know these characters so well based on the script, the direction, the performances. You think you know these characters so well and then things happen in this movie where the characters surprise you. And I think that that's sort of a testament to how good the screen, well, how good everything is that you can predict what people are going to say and do by the end of this movie and then every once in a while they'll throw a little bit of a, a, a swerve at you and it catches you off guard. And I agree. And I think that's a great character development of this film because, yeah, like, you know, I didn't really predict the direction that the Colin Farrell character would go and then, you know, kind of how that turned out. And I think that's just, and, but again, you, he's so likable, but you weirdly sympathize with both the main characters because like, and it's sort of that, you know, with the Brendan Gleeson character about how it's, yeah, like he's discovering things and what's the point in doing this sort of stuff. We can all relate to that. You and I are old as shit. Like, I mean, you know, you get to certain points in your life where you're like, well, what am I doing? Like Jamie, she why really, am I on this podcast? Jamie, she really the one for me. Like, I mean, you know. I was thinking Ben. <laughs> oh well, you know that too. Is this how I'm spending my my Tuesday evening? But even like, there's like the whole sort of notion about Colin Farrell being on Ed Sheeran. Like, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. like I, this is my home. Like, you know, and and then uh, you know, Siobhan's like, oh, I want to leave, and it's kind of like. If anyone's been from a small town or a small city, you grew up in Eric LaSalle. Mm. I grew up in Hobart. Like, I mean, you know, you kind of have those moments where it's like, well, what am yeah. I like? Sucks you in. I was having this conversation with someone the other day. Living in a small place really kind of just traps you and sucks you in. It's a mentality. So you kind of mm-hmm. have that sort of with the Colin Farrell character. So, yeah, it's there's levels to it for such a simple fucking movie. And again, nine nominations. Yeah. Uh, this is the second highest. Wow. Uh, equal is all quiet on the West. Like an epic war movie. And a movie about two old men rowing on an Irish island basically uh, is second only to everything all at once. So best picture, best director, best actor, uh, two from best supporting actor, best supporting actress, best original screenplay, best original score, and best film editing, which, uh, let's be honest, I don't think that has a chance of best film editing. Uh, Best original score? Eh, No. It's good. It's good, but no, I'd say no for that. I mean, would you say original screenplay? I mean, that's the yeah, one that's well, got the best chance of winning? Um, looking at the competition right here. Everything uh, all at once, possibly. Oh, yeah. Trial of Sanders, though, is clever that's as possible. well. It's, it's a really tough category. 
I I think it's in the top three. Um, that's my prediction. <laughs> I don't. I mean, sadly, this could walk away with no wins. Though I mean, maybe yeah, maybe Kerry or Colin pull pull an upset. Um, I don't think Martin McDonough is being talked about in the best director, is he? So I mean, this could be sadly a film that gets nine nominations and doesn't win any. But I mean, it could pull off a surprise. I I mean, I, I flat out would say film editing no, just because I mean, I yeah. think everything everywhere all at once. Uh, Top Gun Maverick or Elvis are the keys in that one. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I mean, it could. It could pull off an absolute surprise. Who knows? But, yeah, I'm, I am I mean, we obviously do our prediction ones, but sadly this might walk away with none. But, I mean, if it wins something, I'll be happy. You just try not mm. to beat Brendan. I'd prefer Colin. Um, <laughs> I'm buying it, um, obviously, just in terms of uh, our, our usual rankings. And in terms of ratings, and I've got my full rating system, so I'm trying to work out what we've done. So uh, Top Gun Maverick still remains on top. I was very like, oh, this is tough. I was so like, do I like this more than Everything Everywhere All At Once? I'm like, I kind of do. But at the same time, Everything Everywhere All At Once is so unique. And like, like as good as this film is, am I going to remember this in five years? Like, it's kind of like three billboards outside Ebbing. Like, I remember loving that movie. I do. But can I remember it? Like, yeah. I mean, I can remember sequences, yeah. like the whole movie, probably not. I'm sure I'd rewatch it and go like, oh, yeah, this is still enjoyable. Um, but like the thing is with everything ever at once, I think that stays you. I'm always going to remember Rakakuni. I'm always going to remember mm-hmm. The Rocks. I'm going to remember Hot Dog Fingers. So I'd put this third right now. So behind Top Gun, everything ever at once and ahead of Avatar and Women Talking. Uh, see, I mean, I... I think everything everywhere all at once is my number one and Top Gun Maverick is still my number two, but this is tough for me because I think that uh, both this and women talking really surprised me that I wasn't expecting to, to enjoy them as much as I was uh, in the end. I'd probably give this the slight edge right now, just because it's been two months and this movie still goes through my head. And I had a similar reaction to women's talking, uh, you know, where I think I even mentioned that review. Like I watched this movie and like days passed and I still was like, thinking over and over again. But I, it would be very tight between those two, but I'd probably just give a slight edge to this over women Thank talking. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> we know that Avatar is the bottom. <laughs> um, but tomorrow, we've mentioned it a couple of times, uh, the Fablemans, Steven Spielberg. The Paul Danowans. Yeah, the Paul Danowans, Steven Spielberg's movie that's not really about him, but he's about him, which, again, I think I forgot. Like, when I watched this, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is meant to be about Steven Spielberg, right? Which... I mean, you know, yeah, like a um, vanity project, but it's kind of good. Like, I kind of, I like how it's not like the kid's not called Steven. They're not called the Spielbergs. Like, if you didn't know this, if you didn't read anything going into this, you just think like, oh, it's just about a young boy who's into movie making. Oh, what are the odds? Steven Spielberg does that too. But, um, I mean, look, I'm a Steven Spielberg fan. I don't really follow his movies as much as maybe I used to when I was younger. Uh, Lincoln put me to sleep, so um, I kind of, you know, was steered away from that. And I, I'm trying to think of the last time I would have seen an actual Steven Spielberg film outside of that, because I don't know if I've seen a lot of his more recent the ones. Oh, we did The Post, that's correct. Um, and that was fine. But, like, I enjoyed this. It was good. Um, you know, good performances in it. We'll talk about Judd Hirsch. Um, but <laughs> Paul Dano robbed. Um, but yeah. just entertaining. I don't know. I, I, I'm intrigued to hear what you think about The Fablemans. Yeah, I mean this. This is a hundred percent a vanity project, uh, and and it is funny enough. It's a, actually a lot closer to his real life story than you think. Yeah, the I was twist on that. this. Yeah, the the twist on this being is that, um, it, it, it similar to women talking. He's taking real life events and saying, imagine if this one thing happened differently, and then what 
my life would have been like. I, I just wish more than anything that this movie had been called like the Beelspergs instead of the Fablemans. <laughs> like, that that would have made it. <laughs> I, I keep reminding me of um, what was that eighties? That is it called the the Goldbergs? That eighties parody? Oh yeah, the Goldbergs. Um, didn't they get cancelled? Didn't the guy do something bad? I think it just. I think they just said it's going into its last season. Yeah. Which, I mean, the, the show's been on the air longer than the, the decade the 80s lasted. Like, how is that even possible? It's, it's one of these ones that you realize, like, that's still on. Um, like, yeah. Like Blue Bloods. <laughs> um, but uh, that'll be tomorrow. Like, subscribe. You miss our other ones. Listen to them. They're good as well. Uh, 24 on a Monday. And uh, lots of great stuff here on the Oz Network. My name is Ben, and you guys are rowing. Um... <laughs> My name is Colin, and uh, I wasn't trying to be nice. I was trying to be accurate. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.